Tanya for the 22nd of Menachem Av, the first story. In the Sul of the Baal Shem Tov, the community members once got together before Yom Kippur and they decided that the noises that were made by the tzedakah boxes were, were, was getting beyond unacceptable. And it's area of Yom Kippur and people trying to daven mincha and there's so many noises and clatters and bangs and they said, we're going to get rid of the tzedakah boxes and we'll... Um, We'll cut this practice out. It's just it's, it's a public disturbance, and word reached word of this plan reached the Baal Shem Tov, and he stopped it. He said, "Absolutely not. Keep them there." And he said that one year there was a tremendous amount of negativity that had get, get, gathered together in the heavens, one area of Kippur, and decided to stop somehow all the thrillers from ascending to Shemayim. And the area of Kippur and all the Jewish people came and started putting coins in the tzedakah box and making such a big clamor, that chaos chased away the negativity, enabling all the fillers to reach Shemayim. And this minhag of, of having the noisy little boxes in the shul area in Kippur is still something that we do to this very day. The Tanya so far, it's clear that this Tanya already is about charity, but then the Altar Rebbe began to talk about truth and Yaakov, and that how Yaakov is able to draw down truth because Yaakov lives a truthful life and truth equals Rahmanus, it means pity. And because Yaakov, or a Jew that wants to live out the style of Yaakov, he deeply realizes and appreciates the greatness of God, deeply appreciates the lowliness of this world, and then the deep pity that arouses within himself, intellectually based, because he realizes the the godly soul is in such a deep uh, exile in this body and in this, in this world. Now, continuing from that, Dalta begins today. Dalta brings a principle that the Tanya has already mentioned over and over. The Yesh base Mino de Chilo the end of the first book of the chap, uh, the the first book of the Tanya, the Alter dedicates a lot of chapters to this. There's two types of fear of God, of awe of God. There's two types of love of God. Harishonis, the lower of both of those respective feelings. Hein Hanoldus Matunav Adas Bedulos Hashem Udvarim Abin the day I was Hashem Yirasay. So the lower of each love and fear, respectively, is triggered and prompted by intellectual stimulation. The person sits down and says, wow, God is such an incredible God. I love him so much and I fear him so much. And also he gave us a whole bunch of things to think about that can arouse the love and the fear. And the, the higher form of love and fear, they could not something a person could think deeply about and come to a conclusion, but rather it's something that God just gives as a gift. Like we say also in the in the as based on the pasuk, Hashem saying I'm giving a priestly service as a gift, and shehi midas ava gam Kuhuna is love. It's something uh, we know it's 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 a love related work. Koyen doing his action is a is a is a result of his love. Hashem says that this is a gift. Therefore, when a person wants to reach lower levels of love and fear, they can reach it, they can reach it on their own through their own intellectual stimulation. But a person wants to reach the higher ones, it's a gift. 
Now, it's obvious that the type of love and fear a person can achieve on their own, through their own intellectual stimulation, is not a fraction of the power that a person could reach when he gets a love or a fear given to him as a gift from God. God's power, of course, is infinite. And beyond what a human being's limited capacity is able to achieve. And therefore, when a person does it on his own, yeah, it's really wonderful. And God treasures it incredible, incredibly and immeasurably. But you can't compare the potency, the power, when God says, well, here's a gift I'm giving you, love and fear. That love and fear, of course, will be so much beyond what the person can achieve on their own. And we know that Hashem, things that Hashem are involved with Hashem always are connected with truth. And Hashem's seal itself is known to be truth. Truth as we know it in this world is not really true. It's true based on, on, on the, the limitations and the restrictions of this world. It's my truth that we will very misappropriately um, try to refer to truth as. But the truth, even the truth that we know in this world, that's actually truth. Well, it's not a true truth. It's a truth that's relative to the confines of our limitations, um, into emotional limitations and intellectual limitations. It's not actual truth. God, on the other hand, God's truth is absolute truth. So how do we draw down the truth of God's love and fear? How does the person draw down this then? And now, now we're already starting to see the what we spoke about at the very beginning about the question about Hashem gives truth to Yaakov. Say, well, Yaakov doesn't have truth until Hashem gives it. Now it's starting to make a little bit of sense. Well, let's keep going. What, how does a person draw down the truth of God? How does a person draw down the second level of love and fear, the higher level of love and fear, which is truth of God? A person does a little bit of um, pity down here, a little bit of harmonious down here, a little bit of, of feeling bad, um, um, mercy on the God, on God, the godly spark within himself, which is which is God. He draws down uh, an inspiration from God. God says, well, you're having so much pity on, on me, I'll have so much pity on you. And God says, okay, I'll draw down this level of love and fear, which it lines up with the mercy that a person has on God himself. And the this draws down the truth. And it says, like we say in the passage, where a person says, I'm sitting in darkness, the Navi says, I'm sitting in darkness, Hashem is a light to me. And also it says, Hashem, and the kindness, it will, it will um, prevail over us. It will have success, so it will, it will over come over us it will be power over us so now a person has mercy on the godly soul god says okay i'll have mercy on you and i'll draw down truth onto you and i'll draw down the higher level of love and the higher level of fear now the principle again the principle that comes many times throughout the tanya is that when we do something god reciprocates we have mercy on God. God has mercy on us. Now, we want to have mercy of God, not just regular mercy of God, but we want God to draw down a truth, this level of truth onto us. We need to then have mercy of God in a very truthful way. But now, having mercy on God in a truthful way is a very hard thing to accomplish. So how are we able to really mean it and really be truthful and really have 
God, mercy on our godly spark of our soul and really mean it to such a degree that we could, we could arouse God's infinite mercy and truthful mercy to come back down to us. It's almost like there's a missing piece of the puzzle because however truthful we are, it's truth based on this world. However much um, um, mercy we have, it's you know very limited mercy as well. So the question is, how can we draw down God's infinite one and actually be in a truthful way? And the ultimate says, there's a missing piece of puzzle, and you're right. Ah, the advice for this is midas hatsadaka, doing charity. It's when you have compassion on someone that doesn't have a own, and you're reviving someone that's very lonely. Now that missing piece is exactly the missing piece of our connection between ourselves and God. When we want to draw down mercy, we have mercy on God on our godly soul, but how much do we really mean that? How much it really is affected that exercise? But when a person goes, has mercy in their soul, and then goes and says, find someone that needs some charity, says, you know what, this guy doesn't have. I'll help him out, I'll give him some money. Well, then that causes God to say, well, he's done, he's doing something real now. It's not just feelings and it's not, he's doing action that's a truthful mercy to somebody else that draws down God's mercy. Let's say to me, hello, man, I and this causes what would be concealment to come down in a great revelation and illuminate to illuminate the light of life and the truth of Hashem onto this world. It causes Hashem to give incredible inspiration. It gives inspiration to God to draw down truth and mercy down to this person that's that's trying to draw down mercy, but now done something real and practical in this world by actual giving tzedakah. And now we're turning back to the very beginning. And now, now we, have, we didn't understand the beginning. Why, what connection do we have between planting and tzedakah? A person plants tzedakah and, and we're using the terminology of planting connected with tzedakah. What is tzedakah? Tzedakah is an action and planting is an agricultural activity. Now we get it. We're causing God's truth to spread out. Now, lot of I have a soft spot for charity connected to Eretz and it's very clear, not just on an emotional level, but a very intellectual level. So many of the the letters that are dedicated to explain charity, lot of explains how charity to Israel actually is the most powerful charity, and actually derives a home whatever point the Altar was trying to bring. Altar says, especially when you're giving charity to Israel, to fulfill this as it's written. MS Me'eretz Titzmach, truth shall sprout forth from the land. And in this case, it's the land of Eretz Yisrael and the sphere of Malchus. So the connection between planting and tzedakah and truth all seems to come to an ex- extreme expression when dealing with Eretz when giving land, um, charity to the land of Israel. Are you days you at tzedakah above by planting tzedakah there? The chesed, rachmim, rachmim, and nesachim, and all the kindness and compassion that's gathered into Eretz Yisrael can be taken out of it because a person giving tzedakah into it. And in this um, arouses Hashem to, to give all this kindness and this grace that's coming, that's hidden and concealed. This great kindness, that is hidden. I wouldn't talk about this in a later, in later letter. The Chayin to so the land is established and set up by the stock that people are giving. And this is what it means that through tzedakah, you shall be firmly established. This will be, this will be able to happen because the 
the malchus of atzilus, which has exactly the same name, is able to draw down into the nesses itself, and able, and a person is able to tap into this energy when he gives um, charity to the land of Israel. He's able to tap into all that raw energy. So, in addition to all the amazing things that charity do, does, that we really spoke about, it's amplified by giving it to Israel because Israel represents this on a much more pure and a much more powerful way. Thank you so much for joining the tiny time is in the session. I'm going to